You're listening to What's New with Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far-off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. This podcast is supported by Tools and Weapons, the podcast hosted by Microsoft Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Each episode features insight you won't find anywhere else from the center of the conversation surrounding emerging technologies like AI. Right now on the podcast, you can hear a special episode where Brad Smith lays out Microsoft's vision for a vibrant marketplace driving the new AI economy. To hear more, follow or subscribe to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. Astronomers don't think that so-called SETI signal is aliens, and neither should you. This weekend, a group of astronomers made many, many headlines after giving a presentation about a strong signal in the direction of HD 164595. HD 164595 is a sun-like star 94 light-years away, and with the RATAN 600 radio telescope in Zelenchukskaya, Russia, pointed in its direction, the astronomers picked up a blast of radio waves about 4.5 times stronger than background static. Maybe aliens? They suggested. We should investigate. Their presentation began circulating among astronomers in slide deck form. Paul Gilster at the website Centauri Dreams wrote about it as an interesting SETI candidate, meaning perhaps it came from an extraterrestrial civilization. That set off the media storm. But I have to tell you something. Astronomers don't know much about that SETI candidate signal beyond that it's made of radio waves. And while human beings should absolutely spend some time figuring out what this signal is, they have absolutely no reason to conclude it came from non-human beings. Here's why. They don't actually know it's coming from that star. As Seth Shostak, Senior Astronomer and Director of SETI Research at the SETI Institute, how's that for credentials, noted, The telescope doesn't see a fine point in the sky. Every telescope has a field of view. The RATAN's view isn't circular, though. It catches a narrow east-west section, which in this case was centered on HD 164595, but the north-south view is highly elongated. Shostak wrote on the Institute's website, and the actual source of the mysterious radio waves could be anywhere inside that elongation. The telescope's field of view is just one strangely shaped pixel. We normally think of pixels as small focused dots, like the one that come from our cameras, but all Pixel really indicates is that all of the light from a specific area gets lumped together and basically averaged. The radio waves from HD 164595, then, could be coming from a little north or south of the star's actual position, and scientists wouldn't be able to tell the difference. They don't know if it's a narrow-band signal. Historically, SETI programs have searched for narrow-band signals spread over just a few frequencies, because scientists think it takes technology to squish a signal like that, like we do with radio station broadcasts. Nature's narrowest radio signals seem to span around 300 hertz. A squished signal equals someone might have made it on purpose. So SETI scientists collect radio waves from the sky and split them into their constituent frequencies to see if a strong spike shows up in one or a few bands. 
The SETI Institute's Allen Telescope Array splits signals into hertz-wide chunks, a billion times smaller than the RATAN600's data, which was in a gigahertz-wide chunk. Like the telescope's single pixel, which lumps all the waves from one area together, the telescope's electronics lump one gigahertz worth of frequencies together. Was the original signal narrowband? Wideband? These data can't ever tell that story. As the SETI at Home program, which uses citizens' computers to comb through data for suspect radio waves, noted it on its website, because the receivers used were making broadband measurements, there's really nothing about this signal that would distinguish it from a natural radio transient. Stellar flare, active galactic nucleus, microlensing of a background source, etc. There is, in fact, an entire field of study devoted to signals like this. Time domain astronomy, which includes, yes, SETI, but also any other signal that appears, disappears, and reappears or doesn't. It happens a lot. Space is busy. So are human devices. They don't know it's not human-generated interference. While astronomers don't know if this signal is squished or spread out, they do know the middle frequency that the telescope was sensitive to, around 11 gigahertz. Two things. Radio telescopes are supposed to catch cool waves from space, and they do that. But they also catch less cool waves from Earth, or from Earth orbit. Airport radar, Wi-Fi, spark plugs, cell phones, and basically anything that runs on electricity emits radio waves. And satellites use these frequencies to ping and downlink. The research team has not presented data to rule out humans as the signal's makers. In fact, one will note that 11 gigahertz is in the exact middle of a band of the radio spectrum allocated to fixed satellites. We see signals that come and go every day all the time, says Jerry Harp, director of SETI research at the SETI Institute. We would not have given much credibility to this signal in our survey. It would be one of so many others, and they are almost always local interference. They don't know it's not a fluke. The team, led by Nikolai Bursov of the Russian Academy of Sciences Special Astrophysical Observatory, scanned the star 39 times. They saw the signal once. At the Allen Telescope Array, the automated detection system checks on a candidate signal five times in a row, performing two tests each time. Those, says Harp, plus one or two at the beginning and end, mean a suspected SETI signal has to pass 12 total tests before the software tells people to pay attention. Harp says that has only happened once in the Allen Telescope's history. The HD164595 signal, instead of passing 12 out of 12 tests, has passed just 1 out of 39. In our system, we would have just forgotten about it and carried on, says Harp. The SETI at Home program has seen millions of potential signals with similar characteristics, but it takes more than that to make a good candidate. The team wrote in a blog post, Multiple detections are a minimum criterion. The SETI Institute hasn't seen it again so far, in observations their telescope began after the announcement although they have not yet searched the full gigahertz of potential frequencies. They didn't tell other telescopes soon enough. This candidate SETI signal came in more than a year ago, in May 2015. The researchers didn't say anything until now. And if it were aliens, they may have turned their Notice us! We're awesome! beacon off in June or something. In the SETI world, one of the first items on an excited astronomer's agenda, upon perhaps making the most meaningful cosmic discovery in the history of humans, is to ask other telescopes to look at the same star system. This can help rule out ground-based annoyances, which wouldn't show up at an observatory following up across the country. It also rules out weird internal problems a given telescope might be having. The fact that the researchers didn't tell anyone for more than a year, and so precluded these standard checkups and confirmations, suggests maybe they didn't think it was from aliens either. Look, I'm super pro-discovering extraterrestrial life. It would fundamentally alter our view of the universe, ourselves, 
and what the two mean together. If it happens, I will cry and cry and write some article and throw a huge party, and I will invite you. But there's almost nothing about this candidate signal that says aliens. Besides that, it's a radio signal that might be from space, and it would have had to be strong to show up like this if it did come from that many light years away. Let's rule out satellites and other interference. Let's cross quasars and other banging celestial objects off the list. Let's try to catch the waves again. Let's see if they look engineered or astronomical. Then we'll talk. This article was written by Sarah Scholes. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.